This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. Mind Muscle Project, welcome back to this episode. This is very enthusiastic. Today, we're going to talk about five ways that you can break through any training plateau. Now, it's not going to be change your training program, get more sleep, change your diet. You guys know all those things already. This is the shit where it's like, bro, I'm doing everything. I'm eating all the calories. I'm tracking my macros. I've got a sick training program. Uh, you know, I've got as much sleep as I can manage within my schedule, but I've hit a plateau. So, there's five things you probably haven't considered that we think could make a huge difference in breaking through your plateau. So, we're going to go run through all those today. Before we do, we have some... Man, I'll tell you what. It's almost transformative how much a great neon sign changes the place. Locker room's got one. Uh, Creature has one. We just installed the Creature one. And the My Monster Project has one, the most famous one. You guys know, an amazing neon sign on Instagram looks incredible as well. So my recommendation to you is if you're thinking about maybe changing how an environment looks, how an environment feels, is get yourself a neon sign. I mean, they're a little bit pricey, yes, but guys, you're going to have this thing for a long time and it just adds a ton of character to the space. It impresses people. It looks super cool. People comment on it. People take photos of it. If you want people to take more photos of your brand and post about it, get a sick neon sign. You can do that at Neon Icons, themymuscleproject.com slash neon icons, one word. We've got a code in there that's going to get you 15% off any of their orders. As well, we just launched a 60-day mobility program. So, if, a mo- if you guys are a bit tight, uh, if you are restricted if you find that your joints aren't moving in a way that you want them to to execute whatever you need whether it's your daily tasks in life whether it's your training program you feel like the mobility is holding you back we've just launched our 60-day mobility program we're very excited about this now it's not just a guide on how to stretch there are so many different phases different progressions different movement standards it's a very tiered system it's got a lot of progressive overload in it it's got a lot of the principles that we've learned over the last six years, interviewing like the best mobility people in the world, best physios, chiros, um, that, that we apply ourselves, we apply with our clients that you guys can get tremendous benefit from if you want to focus on your mobility. So you can find that at themindmuscleproject.com slash mobility to get that program. All right. Number one. Let's go. Probably something that is obvious when I'm going to say it, but in order to break through a plateau, you may need to change your training environment. And this is one of the hardest ones to change. Of course. Because obviously... Logistics. Maybe it's inconvenient. Maybe you've got some friendships yep. that it could harm in doing this. Uh, but it is one of those powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you guys want to make a big difference by not actually really changing anything like in your, in your actual execution of training, it's like you're doing the deadlift, but now rather than doing it in fitness first, you're doing it in this boutique powerlifting gym, I guarantee you're going to lift more weight. Yeah. So, changing your environment can have a huge impact because it's the energy, it's the vibe, it's the people around you. It's how excited you are to go to training. If, you're ex- if your environment's felt a little bit dull for a while and you're not excited to go, look, that is just a natural part of training anyway that you have to deal with. But, you know, some people have been in the same space for like a decade and now it's probably time to shake things up. I mean, really, you just want to get around other people that are good at what they do to bring you up. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be every day. Yeah. You know, I remember a lot of the time I might go to a different gym and just but I'm just gonna do my heavy day there. So like once a week where you go heaviest on your lifts or you yeah. do your one particular lift that you're struggling with. You go to the special gym and you make the effort. You take the one hour drive to go there. 
uh, and that can improve your trading on all the other days as well, whether it's from technique or it's just from inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, take your environment more seriously. It is, It can be a huge factor whether you know, know it or not, draining you, especially if you've been doing a lot of home workouts for a while, that can be draining away from your, I mean, your progress ultimately. Okay, second thing, mental training. Now, mental training can come in a lot of forms. It doesn't always mean, I think most people think of like visualization. It's definitely one part of mental training. But you know what What else is mental training? It could be just like watching videos of like Ronnie Coleman lift. It could just be inputting really good content into your mind's eye so that the next time you go to lift, you're thinking about lightweight baby before you lift that barbell. There are things that you can do. There are positive things you can put in your head that make a huge difference when you go on the field, step up to the bar, um, whatever it is that you're trying to execute and break a plateau on. And yeah, I mean, some of those things again, be videos, documentaries, uh, books, like autobiographies, powerful stories. Um, It could even be like, you know, obviously meditation is a part of it. Tied into that would be visualization as well. Um, I guess you can do, I guess you can do some training which is, inherently mental training like ice baths as well that like trains your mental toughness even just sticking your hand in a bucket of ice is like another thing you can do um going into a sauna and trying to push it as long as you can obviously be a bit careful with that stuff don't don't uh don't die don't don't kill yourself but going a little bit to the point where it's uncomfortable sitting in the discomfort that can be part of it man even like what we're doing on 75 hard that's mental training like going out for you know, going out for a walk when it's freezing cold or it's wet or it's raining. Man, just stuff like that that gets you really uncomfortable uh, that, you know, I would consider mental training. Mm. And I would even add into this, I remember I read a good book. It's called, I looked it up, The Champion's Mind. And I had a bunch of stuff in there, like, yeah, different ones you can do. Uh, just like ideas on different types of mental training stuff you can do. Part of it can be even like video review of your own training as well. Oh, yeah. can be that can like help with the visualization, kind of be like a, a stepping stone to it. Uh, but all the best athletes do something in this area. What? Uh, who's the author? Uh, it's a very big, well-known book, Jim Aframal. Uh, and you, it gets recommended by like really legit athletes all the time. Uh, there's another one by Tim Grover, who was the mental coach of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, and it's uh, called Relentless. It's also some really good stuff for mental training that you should pick up. And like, yeah, you need to... You, you'll probably notice a difference. Just watch a motivational video and then go and train and you'll notice a difference there. It's fresh in your mind's eye. Um, it makes a big difference and it's probably something that you don't give enough weight to, enough consideration to and I think for a lot of people can be the reason because you can get stuck in negative mental loops when you train and stuff like this can help you break out of those loops. It can give you a new stimulus, a new input, a new tool that when the going gets tough or when you start the routine of training, it can give you that little bit of something different, that little bit of an edge. Um, okay, Third thing, now sometimes like with these things because we're giving you guys some different stuff like the environment, it can be hard to change this one but it's worth giving it a shot if you've been stuck for a while and this thing uh, that we're talking about is the time of day that you train. Now, some people uh, you know, swear by morning training, some people train at lunchtime, some people mid-morning, mid-evening, afternoon depending on your schedule. And sometimes that is the only time you can train. And so it is hard to shift that time of day. But if there is an opportunity to move things around and your training is that important to you that you always want to make progress, the time of day that you train can impact and we have the research to support it, it does impact your performance. Yeah, this is an interesting one because sometimes you'll choose your training time 
more off maybe your schedule or how it makes you feel during the day. Yep. Whereas sometimes when you take a step back, you're like, maybe it's really good to get in the morning because this is over and it's done with and I can get on with my day. But you might test it, realize you're way stronger in the evening. Yeah. That can be a pretty common thing. people, or, or maybe even vice versa as well. So definitely one that you should if you haven't before played with. Yeah. I know that, um, I think we talked about this before, but basically the spinal fluid that you have is when you're obviously resting the gravity is affecting your spine differently. So that is why your back feels more stiff in the morning just because how your spinal fluid hasn't moved up and down your spine circulated through with gravity like it has when you've been on your feet all day. Therefore, the integrity, the strength, the movement under heavy loads is not going to be quite the same as if it's later in the day. Hence why later in the day, you can be stronger. So if strength is the aim and you've hit a plateau in the mornings, lifting in the evenings, there is research there's plenty of research to support you are stronger in the evening. So, here's a way to get that little bit of bump, break through that plateau. Uh, but some stuff's better in the mornings. Like, I don't know, maybe sometimes going out for a run or, or a walk when it's like really quiet, a bit darker, undisturbed, that might be a better time to get through, you know, a really hard run when there's like no distractions. Um, okay, anything else you want to add to the time of day? No. Pretty, pretty no, straightforward. Even one I've noticed some clients at the gym recently is if you can prioritize it and maybe put it in the middle of the day, can be really good as well. Sometimes you just got like, man, you got to make arrangements. Yeah. Speak to someone, do this, prioritize it, and it really could change your training. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, fourth one and something that I reckon it just gets missed. Unless you've got a really strict coach or, you know, you're very self-aware, um, you've got a really good program. Uh, this one, you know, needs to be done regularly and often can... It can be a long time. I mean, I, even talking about this now, I feel like I haven't done this for a while, but that is to have a deload week, deload month, a deload two, three days, a deload period. I mean, a week makes sense just because how our routines are, how our structures are. It's a nice, good amount of time. But depending on how potentially overtrained you are or potentially how hard you've been pushing the body, deloading for a, like a decent period of time can, can make a big difference. Now, I'll give you an example. It's a more extreme example, but... Um, I would say probably at the release of this podcast, maybe the interview isn't out yet, but I interviewed the kid from Australia who uh, pulled the, the 1.4 ton truck, the fastest for a marathon. How long did it take? 16 hours. He beat Ross Edgley. You better beat him. Oh, yeah. In your marathon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely beat him. Humiliating. <laughs> I will beat him um, without a truck. So he beat Ross Edgley. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, a guy beat Ross Edgley by like an hour and then he beat that guy by like an hour. So he beat Ross Edgley by like almost three hours. Yeah. Anyway, so he overtrained really hard and basically ended up in a hospital for three weeks because he was so overtrained, got out of the hospital bed and was stronger than when he got in because wow. he was so, so overtrained. Now, that is the extreme example, but essentially a lot of us in many ways are kind of at that point where overreaching a little bit and our body is ready for a break. Within that break, we get that super compensation, right? Which is just basically a fancy word for saying you get that boost in recovery and you kind of solidify all those gains into your nervous system. You allow the body to recover, to build the muscle, to heal the connective tissue, uh, to kind of heal the body so that it is stronger. Um, so deload, some deload period, a week, two weeks can be super effective if you haven't had one for a very long time. You know, where I think this creeps up on people the most, you might want to think about it, is when often when you've had a really good run of training. So you've had a long time where you haven't had like an injury. You don't want to take a deload. Yeah, and that's when I get it is, used to be that, you know, when I was playing a sport and you had games, you wouldn't get it because you'd always rest for the games and you'd have a niggle after the game, so you'd rest. And when you'd get it, it's like you'd have a preseason. 
no injuries, and you just train, train, train. You're like, man, training's going so well. It's like, oh, it's not going as well as it was. I'll train even more. And you're like, man, I actually haven't had a week off for months. Mm. And that's when it really creeps up on you. And that's when you can burn out. That's when you can, you know, throw it all in and resent what you're doing. So structured, planned deloads, not random ones, can be very effective. Um, okay, number five, and probably a one that's just, you know, fifth and final one, man, is patience. You actually might be doing everything correctly, but the results just haven't shown themselves yet. So exercise some fucking patience. Don't be so, once, you know, this guy's ahead of me and he's been training for less time and that guy in the gym's stronger than me. And no, you are doing everything right. You're following the right program, you're eating the right foods, you're going to bed on time, you've got the right environment, you're giving the right mental inputs, you're training at the right time of day, you've got deloads in your program. You just need to exercise patience. Drop a little bit of that patience in there and just let the results come over time. And look, the longer that you do this, the more patience you need because the results, um, when's the last time you hit a PB in anything? It's It's been a long time for me too. So it's one of those things that you just need to follow the process and just believe in what you're doing and eventually the results will come. Yeah, and you know, sometimes I think most things in fitness can come with not much, not much, not much and then a lot. Yeah. You know, it's been lots of times where I've hit you know, no PR on a lift for a year or two years, then it's 10 kilos in one day, mm. right? It doesn't, obviously I didn't do it in a day, but it's just, you just struggle, struggle, struggle. You're putting in, you're putting in the foundation and then it goes. And lots of things are like that. Even can be, endurance can be like that, man, it's, couldn't improve and then you have a breakthrough mm. and you've been at it for a long time. Even like fat loss sometimes. Clients like will hold on to weight for a while and then it starts to drop pretty quickly. Yeah. They get, they get a rhythm on it. That time before wasn't wasted. Yeah. Maybe they were just working out how to actually nail their nutrition. Yeah. You know, all their body was holding on to it. Whatever was happening, um, it's, it's just generally not linear. Yeah. Muscle growth can be pretty linear, but still you'll, you'll tend to have breakthroughs. Um, but I think most things, yeah, are not linear. It's like plateaus, breakthrough, plateau, breakthrough. All that time on the plateau was necessary. Yeah. I've even had some clients like said to us, oh, you know, I gave up drinking for, f- for four weeks, five weeks, eight weeks. I didn't see a single result. Uh, so I started drinking again. And I'm like, well, you were doing the right thing, clearly. Your body just probably needed some time to recalibrate, to get into a bit more of a rhythm of training because you stopped drinking. Did you drink more water? Did you replace some of your nutrition? Did you get more sleep? Did you ramp up your training? Maybe you didn't do those other things. And so like you kind of missed out just because you weren't patient enough. So if you just been more patient, implemented a few other things and just waited, the results were maybe coming in week 10. You know, But you felt like you did everything right for eight weeks. But if you just held on for two more weeks... Oh, there's the big weight loss that, you know, wanted to kickstart. Now I'm losing the kilos that I needed to. So sometimes, you know, you're so close, you're doing all the right things, you're ticking all the boxes, you just need a little little bit of patience. I mean, even if I think about my own journey with gaining weight and putting on muscle, when the focus shifted to CrossFit and every single time I went to the gym, I wasn't looking at a mirror, judging myself on how much I hadn't grown and all of a sudden I was looking at, you know, how much weight was on the bar, how many pull-ups am I doing, you know, what are my skills like? How fast am I going in these workouts? Then the focus shifted to that. And then one day I stood on the scale. I'm like, fuck, there's seven kilos. I wasn't even focusing on it because I was just being patient and I was focusing on other things. So if you're doing the right things, if you're ticking all the boxes, be patient. You could be on the right path. Okay, so hopefully, guys, that was some useful information. Short, sharp, sweet for you to take away. So five ways to break through any plateau. Number one, your, your training environment. It could be the gym. It could be the people around you, the training partners. Um, it could be uh, another another factor of environment is you know literally just like the music and the smells and like you know you might just want to like crank different music loads of factors loads of stimulus that's involved 
Number two is mental training. Number three is the time of day that you're training. Number four is deload periods. And then like we went on about, number five is patience. So guys, next time that you hit a plateau or maybe you're in a plateau now, identify one of these five things. Maybe it's all five of these things. Implement them and uh, hopefully you crush that plateau. As always, we appreciate you guys' time. We'll speak to you all next week. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the My Muscle Project. Uh, we release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to the MyMuscleProject.com forward slash the after show and if you ask questions we'll uh, we'll answer it on the show thanks again so much project and we'll see you all next week